0: Welcome to Episode 3 of Initial Legal Offering. More educational than your six years at undergrad, fewer degrees of separation than Kevin Bacon, it's Initial Legal Offering, the latest in crypto news and regulation.
1: This week, the Winklevoss brothers launch an Ethereum-based token backed by the U.S. dollar. We discuss and explore open-source licenses and their effects on cryptocurrency. And in a first, FINRA files a fraud complaint against their brokers, Hemcoin. Finally, our panelists face off over MCO, a platform claiming to be pioneering payments in the crypto space. We'll explore the project roadmaps, the team, and the legal aspects related to this project.
2: Joining us this week as we record from Satoshi's unfinished basement, with Cryptocurrency's Best Panel. Good morning, Jared.
1: Hey, Ben. Good to be here. I'm, uh, as you can see, have put on my sackcloth and ashes to mourn the market's red candles.
2: Lots of red we're seeing.
1: Sevi, I heard you finally
2: cracked McAfee's unhackable wallet.
0: Yeah,
1: I got in. Unfortunately, uh, there was only
0: 13Z Classic in there, so. Uh, Life happens.
1: (laughs) Did you play Doom on it? (laughs) Yep, yep.
2: And I'm Ben. Welcome to the podcast this week, guys. Up first, we'll start with the news.
1: so i'm up first with this week's article uh dealing with the facebook twins they have announced and released a an ethereum erc20 token that is backed um token for one us dollar one for one and um because we
0: need another tether
1: we well so I, I actually have high hopes for this um i think this is pretty big news in the crypto markets a, a regulated stable coin seems to be the the new big wave in cryptocurrency and um, I think the Facebook Twins have got, and I, and I really hate that I have to call them the Facebook Twins because I just literally cannot pronounce uh, Winklevoss uh, quickly enough. And often Winklevoss? Not, Winklevoss, yeah. <laughs> um, I get it wrong every time. So uh, what's interesting about this is that I actually have high hopes for this project. Um, not because I, uh, I think they're amazing. I just think that they're going to create something that... Is going to fight and combat tether by being a little more transparent, and I think people are going to flock to it, knowing that if they just do regular audits and the audits are semi semi credible, people are going to give a crap.
2: Yeah, I think going back to what we were talking about last week, um, this is one of the things they're specifically designing about this coin or for the Gemini dollars to be as transparent as possible. They've actually, you know, they're going to have a third party broker or bank actually hold the funds per dollar per dollar for. Which is what
0: point. that's what True USD is doing as well. So, I mean, yeah, it's not a
1: unique it's, idea by any means. Right. But what it is, in, in my opinion, is an interesting concept. And you have to ask yourself, how are the Facebook twins making money on this? Have you stopped to think about that for a minute?
0: interest on the money?
1: I think that's what it is. And I think that's going to be a big part of it, maybe collecting, gathering and marketing and selling the data that they get from the transactions. I mean, it's an ERC-20 token, so it's already public, but they're going to have to KYC some folks here, potentially, um, if people are coming onto their exchange. And it's going to certainly help uh, Gemini take back a little bit more of the market share from Coinbase. Coinbase is absolutely dominating the, uh, the fiat space right now getting fiat into cryptocurrency. And I think this is going to this is gonna help. But the other thing that I really like about this project is that if it is truly as transparent as their white paper claims to be, and, and I think it's worth noting that Tether did claim to be this transparent at the very beginning, if they can pull this off and if they can execute it and maintain that execution long enough, that's going to bring some liquidity to the markets.
0: Yeah, uh, just the fact that they have their own exchange already is going to create a market for this, whether there's any demand for the Gemini dollar outside of Gemini or not, um, we'll see, but uh, having an exchange already gives them a huge leg up here.
1: Yeah. And what's great about this is that it's an ERC-20. It literally means you can transfer this crypto asset uh, that's backed by a dollar via email if you needed to. Um, You can transfer it incredibly fast transactions, uh, large amounts of transactions can be handled within the Ethereum network. And um, and frankly, the way that they're going about doing this, I think, is they're, they're doing it right. They've got the New York State Department of Financial Services giving them their blessing and consent. So they've got the regulatory component uh, squared away. They're not just doing what Tether did, and that's just go out there and start a business. Say and, they'll be transparent and then not. And then not. And the other thing, and I don't know the answer to this, but I'm, I'm very interested to see if they're going to do it. If they're going to allow people to cash out. Their GUSD, which I think is they're going to be their symbol, this Gemini US dollar, if it's if they're going to allow them to cash it out to fiat. I know Tether at one point did claim that you could cash out your Tether to US dollars, um, but then they backtracked on that and uh, no longer provide yeah. That.
2: According to the Gemini white paper, so no, the Gemini is not created until you the dollar is deposited in. Yeah. And once that's deposited in, then it you know it goes to their third party, uh, the Boston-based uh, State Street, who's who's accepting the deposits. Once you go to cash that out, they actually destroy the Gemini, yeah, that was created. So So.
1: this is this is very interesting because, I think maybe six months ago, Sevi, you and I had this conversation for this exact business idea. You don't create a token until you receive the fiat held in escrow in a bank account, and you destroy the the token when it's cashed out to control supply, keep the circulating supply low create scarcity to maintain value and to keep some form of hardness, monetary hardness. This one-for-one exchange rates concept is interesting because they have started this Gemini Trust company with a 100,000 US dollars. Right now, there are only 100,000 GUSDs in circulation. That as people start to deposit, we're going to start seeing that supply creates, obviously, with smart contracts, which is, I think, a really low-cost business enterprise. Yeah. They're not looking to do an ICO. People are depositing money, and that's where the coins are getting created. I think it's slick.
0: So they deposit their own money or Gemini's money to create this initial batch? And, yeah. Uh, is that circulating around anywhere? Um,
1: well, it's ERC20. We should be able to get on the on the chain look it up. Yeah. Potentially, if you know the address, you should be able to look it up. Um, you know, there's nothing super crazy or clever about the tech here. This is just mm-hmm. a stablecoin. And, um, you know, it's it's something I've been wanting to talk about at length. And I hate that I couldn't have been here last week to talk about Tether. I, I have a lot of opinions about Tether. But stablecoins provide a lot of pros and cons to the crypto community. Mostly safety during volatility you know crypto is incredibly volatile right now we're seeing the markets what is the date today today is the 12th down by 85 percent you're down 85 percent i mean uh, a couple months ago i was excited about buying ether at at 450 and now we're seeing it at 170 and Mm -hmm. um, that's why i'm wearing those sackcloth and ashes (laughs) man yeah so you know the safety during volatility you know the goal um the goal is that a Gemini dollar will be always worth one U.S. dollar. But if you look at Tether, I don't know if you guys know this or not. The lowest that a Tether has been is fifty cents to the U.S. dollar. Was it? Yeah, I,
0: I know I saw it in the in the mid '90s or so at yeah. one point, but I didn't realize yeah, it had dropped that far.
1: Fifty-three cents for every Tether, and the it's highest one twenty. Yeah, it's also gone up to one twenty. Mm-hmm. So, so um, like I think this is going to be a better store of stability or or safety during volatility um, than something like Tether. Uh, I know was it basis or based or one of the basis, others? basis is yeah. a, uh, another stable coin that exists and they control their ho- their market cap and their hardness of their currency a little bit differently than, than what Gemini is doing. But I really am excited to see where this goes. I hope that um, exchanges start picking this up and it can bring some significant liquidity. I also hope that the uh, Facebook twins can make some money on this. I mean, we all know that they're just strapped for cash, right? Yeah. You know, I was talking to Cameron um, Winklevoss the other day. He um, we was standing next to me at the urinal in the public restroom at the train station. And um, yes, he actually uh, he actually was asking me for a loan. And I had to say, no, Cameron, I can't do it right now. Um, but the other thing that's interesting about uh, pros for, for stable coins, but particularly with Gemini, is that you've if you can guarantee that this is always going to be backed by one US dollar, you've got an excellent store of value that would make this something that is a an excellent resource particularly during times of volatility Uh, if you can be guaranteed that it's always going to be worth a dollar the only uh, only issue you have is that you have volatility with the actual fiat if the Fed start printing more money you may have some issues with inflation or deflation um good or bad but there there there's always going to be a reason for the government to print more money and the other thing is standardization um i think that's a factor to consider Uh, as far as negatives go um, with gemini i think it's worth considering that uh, being pegged to fiat can be a bad thing there are some options out there where cryptocurrencies that are uh, stable coins have pegged to other commodities or are only pegged partially to fiat Um, there are definitely some other options involved in this but after reading the white paper and seeing what uh, these facebook twins are doing i'm excited to see what's going to happen what do you guys think
0: yeah. I mean, uh, my first impression is that, well, this is basically what True USD is doing and maybe basis um, to a certain degree as well. And so how many of these things are there going to be and how many do we really need? I, I I think it's good to have a competitor to tether for sure. But if you have all of these stable coins all backed and they all do their accounting correctly, well, it just segments the market further.
2: Yeah. yeah it seems like it's a good project, but it's also, you know. One of the reasons that crypto is so you know popular right now is the whole not having to trust your funds with a third party, I think yeah. you are kind of gonna end up with that same argument here that was that, the
1: next item on my list is there's an issue with centralization with this yeah. you've got to trust that they're gonna handle those funds and pay you out
2: yeah, and they they are you know they are they did say in this news release that they're going to do audits every month that they're gonna have b p m audit actually do this, so I mean going to, to be, Tether, so we'll see how yeah. that goes. Well, they're going to have to be making some money here to pay for those audits. They're going to have to be making some money somehow on, on these coins too, which is yet to be determined.
1: Yeah, I have high expectations that they're going to get that money. They're going to hold it. They're going to invest it. They're going to make cash on it. Hopefully, the market doesn't tank and those investments don't sour. Hopefully, Cameron's not going to have to hit me up for more money um, uh, next time I see him. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens with this. Um, but let's move on to the the next issue, Sevi. I'm really excited to discuss this next article. Excited? I actually, am. <laughs> There's I a really word. Am.
0: Uh, yeah. So CoinDesk did a uh, did a bit of an analysis on the various types of open source licenses that have been used for various crypto projects. So. For those who don't know open source licenses uh, vary pretty significantly Um, just because it's open source doesn't mean you can do anything you want with the code there are generally two different categories that these licenses are going to fall into the first being permissive um, and the mit license is the most popular license in that category and actually the most popular open source license overall but then what you is also the MIT
1: license allowed it just full full rights.
0: Permissive means you can do anything that you want. Uh, there may still be restrictions on. Hey, you need to accredit the author, and put a copy of the license in your work as well. But beyond that, you can do just about anything you want with it. On the other side, though, you have copy left uh, licenses, and this would be things like uh, GPL, which Linux uses, and those basically say that if you create a derivative work then you your work also has to be copyleft and use the same license as its parent uh, parent you project you can't
1: make uh, a subsequent derivative work something that's copy protected copyrighted right. yeah. uh, if you've used copyleft correct yeah so i will say this linux foundation Those guys are super sophisticated. Oh, yeah. Um, There is every expectation that this is going to, maybe not this year, maybe not five years from now, but 10 years from now, there are going to be some giant lawsuits dealing with copyleft and copyright issues. Well,
0: there already are. And as this uh, article noted, virtually all of the litigation surrounding open source projects has been focused on copyleft license violations. So... This is a uh, pretty big issue in the space. Uh, Bitcoin uh, is on a permissive MIT license, but Ethereum is on uh, a version of GPL. Is and, it version 2 or
1: version 3? Do you know? Uh,
0: I believe it is mm, version 3 and also the LGPL or uh, lesser GPL license. Uh, so
1: there, There's going to be some significant problems <laughs> building layers on top of Ethereum if you're trying to make it commercialized. Right, and uh IBM
0: had looked at using Ethereum in the past and yeah, when uh they saw that they would have to deal with this copyleft license, they decided to create Hyperledger instead. So
1: yeah. it, it's just to be clear, it's not just IBM that's doing Hyperledger. I think there's 200 other companies that are devoting resources, but IBM is yeah. just the largest. Mm-hmm. Um there is a really good podcast um about this very topic and I'm actually trying to pull it up right now. Um It is absolutely amazing and the guy talks a heck of a lot about this very issue and i think it's called blockchain innovation um and for the life of me i can't find the gentleman's name uh frederick manawa i think is what it is and he's a blockchain consultant for entrepreneurs he has a episode where he talks to some folks from hyperledger about this very issue and they go into um a significant amount of depth into some of these licensing issues. Uh, they don't get into the legal ramifications and the lawsuits. They touch briefly on it, but they discuss IBM or Hyperledger's real their decision-making paradigm, why they moved away from building on Ethereum, and why companies like Microsoft have contemplated uh, Ethereum, but are actually moving towards other platforms simply because of this issue.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's important to note that CopyLeft doesn't. Completely prohibit other projects flourishing based on these works. I mean, Red Hat Linux um, is based here in Raleigh and they have their own version of Linux, uh, which is protected with the copyleft license. And they're a huge company. Android itself is built on Linux and the most popular operating system in the world. So you can build off copyleft projects, Uh, it just requires a little bit more time and effort to make sure that you're complying 100% with those rules.
1: Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. That's very cool. So um, how do you think this is going to affect the crypto space in the next year or two? Uh,
0: it, it depends on people's philosophies. I know there are some people who are really diehard open source fans and only want permissive licenses because of the nature of permissive licenses generally development tends to go a lot faster um, when you don't have to worry about complying by those copyleft principles. So better for rapid adoption and development. And it, it could very well be partially to thank for uh, Bitcoin's rise and the active development that it's had around it.
1: And in long term, how do you think the, that's going to play in Ethereum uh, and developments? And, and I know I'm focusing just on Ethereum in this question, but I think this is going to be a big issue for Ethereum moving forward. Well, that's yeah. what
2: they've got to worry about, right? I mean, is that I think whoever builds off of this has yeah. got to maintain this license, and it means that they can't really copyright it themselves and can't, you know, protect what they what they create.
0: Well, they can they can protect it, but other people can still build off of it. Right.
1: right. I guess this this isn't the worst thing in the world if if crypto is what we all hope it is. Um, Maybe this isn't the problem and that developers and companies should start thinking more like Red Hat and Apache and Mozilla and all these other companies who have made fortunes Through open source and with open source and with a community of devoted developers. Yeah So really um, some bad news, but really not some not bad news at all if you're thinking big picture
0: Yeah, I think this uh, this will come to a head at some point in time with everyone who's developing on ethereum, but Uh, We'll just have to wait and see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, I know that the Ethereum Foundation has has stated that their core uh, will be made available for use in any commercial environment, closed or open source. But I think we have to be concerned about what they've used in development of their core. Yeah. Um, And I think that's where the issue comes from. So, I mean, as much as Ethereum Foundation may say this is all fine and dandy for commercial environments, I think this is do your own research, do your own due diligence when it comes to developing your commercial uh, app as Ethereum may be built with something that prohibits how you can use it. Right. Yeah, I think that that's the nuts and bolts and the takeaway from this. So, Seve, anything else we need to be aware of with these copyleft licenses and where the litigation is heading on these fronts?
0: No, I think uh, think that about covers it.
1: Well, I think we need to move on to... um, to the next article which involves some malfeasance alleged malfeasance in the crypto space i think that's you ben yeah
2: so what what has happened is finra which is the financial industry industry regulatory authority which is actually a nonprofit organization which is you know they pride themselves on protecting investors as you know and maintaining integrity within the market so I th- I
1: th- we need to pause right here because this is a super important question you said it's finra like f-i-n-r-a yeah and it stands for what
2: financial industry regulatory authority
1: where's the n so it's industry. like
0: industry <laughs>
2: yeah it doesn't make sense
1: there is no end there it's um,
0: part acronym part portmanteau or something
1: <laughs> it's because probably because they want to follow like fintech or, yeah you know. yeah no it's um may- maybe the most confusing initialism or acronym that has been created because, you know space. why
2: because they didn't want it to be the fnra <laughs> that's why it's finra <laughs> that's, exactly <right. laughs> that's exactly why it's finra and not fnra so
1: yeah so gotcha so what is FINRA again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, as soon as you were saying the acronym, I lost my train. So, man.
2: it's a nonprofit organization. They were authorized by Congress and they're actually kind of governed by the SEC. Um, and they actually regulate brokerage firms. So, brokerage firms that are seeking to be part of FINRA have to apply and have all these, you know, certain standards they have to meet yeah. to, to be part of this organization.
1: Uh, and their website goes on to illustrate that this organization provides the first line of oversight for broker dealers and the first line of defense for investors by virtue of its comprehensive oversights program
2: yeah so they basically look over brokerage firms with a fine tooth comb a super big magnifying glass
1: and they've got thick glasses as well very thick glasses that's (laughs) Um, magnification on magnification that's like 10x
2: (laughs) yeah i feel like their employee manual is over thirty thousand pages they make you read it the first day
1: are you making that up or is that for real? I'm probably making that up. So <laughs> you probably you should have said the exact opposite. You said no, no, it's for real. No, no, that's real. So um this is a voluntary organization?
2: Yeah, so it's it's voluntary that that people join um, or that brokers join, but it gives them that, you know, that other kind of check mark for when investors are doing their due diligence and who yeah. they want to trust so, with their money.
1: So my understanding of organizations like this and correct me if I'm wrong is that Brokers and companies want to join this because there's a ton of resources available to them, forms, documents, transparency services, market regulation, and tools that can offer to their investors. But by getting all of this, they are agreeing to be adjudicated or legislated by this nonprofit. Yeah. organization. Yeah, so it's
2: just another way that the SEC is making sure that when people are making investments, so they're making them with the right people and they're people they can trust. Gotcha. Um, so FINRA actually is overseen by the SEC, and it, it writes the rules and enforces the compliance. That includes the federal rules and also securities laws. Oh, wow. So what they've done here recently, this was, what, September, yesterday, just yesterday, they filed a complaint against this guy, Timothy Tilton Eyre. Um, he was actually...
1: Alleged to have done what? He was
2: alleged to... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be, be careful super careful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw you getting wind up to accuse him of all these horrendous He's done activities. so many bad things. Allegedly.
2: So, <laughs> allegedly. So what he did was was shilling hemp coins but he was marketing them as that they were going to be backed by shares in his company which was rocky mountain Uh. air um actually traded on these gray markets as r m n r m t n excuse me um so he was saying that hemp coin is this mineable coin that is going to be backed by marketable securities in this company
1: so if you got some hemp coin you would own a piece of the the action exactly wow exactly that's a hell of a sale
2: yeah. Um some of the things he that they mentioned in this complaint is that he said that this was the world's first currency to represent equity ownership. So he's he's that's a
1: big move in the crypto space it these is. days, right? I mean the crypto token the the security tokens that everyone's selling that acts as a share. Yeah. Um this this guy may have been a genius. He, I mean he's before his time. He yeah. Maybe
0: didn't go about we it could,
2: right, yeah, but exactly uh <laughs> we could we could say that, but but it's important to remember that once you kind of create this thought, especially or create this idea to the investors that you're going to get a share in this company and anything any kind of profits that you see off of that share are based on the efforts of that of that company or the management or its yeah. officers then that becomes a security and you so, have to register. So what you're
1: saying this wasn't a utility token. No,
2: it was not a utility <laughs> token. He was
1: So in, in a nutshell, this guy is selling a security and he got in trouble for for not complying with the SEC. for not
2: registering as a security or trying to seek one of the exemptions.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, nice.
0: Well the interesting thing was I thought that uh hempcoin already existed. He bought hempcoin and then said yeah. that the tokens would be converted to shares of his yeah. company.
1: Wait, he he bought like all of Hempcoin,
0: he bought it says he bought the rights to Hempcoin,
1: yeah and
2: repackaged it as a security so backed is, by his this, common stock
1: i'd like to what is this guy's name timothy tilton air okay mr air and and i'm i know that you know us and we don't know you yet Um, You know, he listens to us. Absolutely. He's just tweeted me. Um, He was our first listener, actually. (laughs) He was actually at the other side of the restroom when I was in there with Cameron. um, (laughs) How big was this restroom? This is actually a three-person restroom. Not that big. Um, So what's interesting about this is that this guy is actually a genius. I'd like to just throw this out there as a hypothetical. You can tell me if this is a a bad idea. So, Timothy, I'd like to say that you are probably – a savant of some kind for this reverse IPO, reverse ICO, Aye. by buying all of this ham coin and then selling it as a share in the company, if you had gone about doing this with the SEC's blessing and consent, my God, you would have made a fortune. But that's what this is. This is basically a reverse IPO where he bought the rights to a token and yep. then repackaged it and sold it as being a security. He could have made an ungodly sum of money if the SEC wasn't going to make him eat a shit sandwich, yeah, allegedly, very, very allegedly. true.
2: <laughs> well, what it, what his attempt was was to use this hemp coin to, for them to buy, yeah. you know, into it's a his reverse company, IPO. but it's an genius. essentially worthless company that he yeah. started. You well,
1: know. I would, I, I would say worthless, maybe not so much because I've I've heard about hemp coin before. It's like one of the pot coins that it I'm talking around. about
2: the company that he oh, was yeah, having. Yeah. Um, no, this that, is that he was opening. Are
1: you familiar with what a reverse IPO is, like how that works? Yes. Yeah, it's. I think it's a pretty damn smart idea. This guy clearly. Has some business acumen, but why he would go about trying to do this with not trying to get an exemption or get the SEC's uh, permission or you know become compliant, I guess I should say. Um,
2: yeah, and he did this for three years too, yeah. from from January 2013 through October so
1: 2016. How did Finra get involved in this?
2: So I'm assuming that the SEC talked to them to to get into this because but if it's he a was a volunteer organization. He would have well, to so be a member. Yeah, so he was—he's obviously been charged with acting as a broker. And wow! So, so that's that's I'm, where they kind of. I'm on get Finra's
1: out. page. They've got an adjudication and decision page where there is discussion about uh, Finra determines that violations of security rules have occurred, and they can institute formal disciplinary action if necessary. And they've got an entire due process process uh, built into this organization. Like you are. It, it's like having a law license where you got to deal with the bar, uh, if if you do something wrong and you don't comply with the law. But for brokers, that that's what this yeah, is. It's, that's,
2: yeah, it's pretty much what it is. I was going to say the that. SEC goes after you know companies, individuals. Yep. Whereas Finra is going to come after you if you're a broker, if you're actively you know acting as a broker and selling this to multiple people, and that's when they get involved.
1: Do you know what's crazy about this as well is that this is a three person panel that hears the case, um, according to the websites, and and they and. and you know, I've, I've not vetted FINRA as much as I probably should have. They have a full rulemaking process, procedure, and panel. They've got requests for comments. I mean, this is a congressionally approved yeah. nonprofit. This, do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the Council for Higher Education Accreditation. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't Chia. it? Chia. Yeah. Ch-ch-ch-chia. They've been replaced <laughs> by... No no, 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 no. Chia's no. the new one? Corpora? used to be the Co- old one. Corpa, and yes. The, yeah, Corpora, yes. That's what it is. Chia, Chia has and they, replaced. Chia is uh, now the um, quasi-governmental nonprofit that operates to regulate higher education accreditation. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> so FINRA clearly has got some regulatory clout. Yeah,
2: so th- they do. So this, this complaint, you know, obviously he has... It's just a complaint. These are allegations as of right now. So what he'll have a chance to do is to respond to the allegations, um, and you know they'll have a formal proceeding, and th- they'll determine you know whether there's some there's some you know evidence that this this occurred. And if they do, then they can do a many one of many different things with the outcome. You know if if he's found that he has done this, then you know they got fines, censures, suspensions, or even a bar from the securities industry. Wow. So, uh, and they, of course, any kind of ill-gotten gains they'll disgorge, and, and then also make him pay restitution if nice. these if these allegations are true. So, yeah. despite not knowing much about Finra before researching this, this this article, you know it seems like they're they're doing their best to prevent these kinds of blatant cash grabs by brokers. You know, just catching the unsuspecting in, investor and in, in, or the new the person new to cryptocurrency.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I, I will say this. Finra has got a hell of a good website. I mean, I've, I've seen some websites in my day, fellas. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we don't need will, to talk about those. I, we do not. <laughs> I will say this. If you go into the websites and if you are a broker of some kind, you should really consider becoming a member. This is not sponsored by Finra, although we are open to a Finra sponsorship. That's right. Um, yeah. They have got some really, really kick butt anti-money laundering program templates, compliance and supervisory procedures that are just free on their website. I'm just clicking around and I could see some, some law firms charging clients a significant amount of money for what's basically free on their website. If you go under compliance tools, there is anti-money laundering templates, business continuity planning templates, uh, written disclosure documents, tools and resources, SEC uh, identity theft red flag rule templates. I mean, they've got a crap ton and interactive tools as well, like breakpoint interest refund calculators, compliance calendars, so on and so forth. Tutorials as well. Wow, this website's actually amazing. So I'm gonna bookmark this and uh, <laughs> maybe I need to take a short break to make sure I can figure out how to do that keyboard shortcut for uh, for bookmarking. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that we talked about at least finra because that's a pretty awesome website
2: yeah yeah um seems like they're doing good things to keep uh investors safe out there
1: so what's the takeaway here for for the would-be buyer of a cryptocurrency looking to do some kind of reverse ico
2: so you mean like the actual person trying to do this yeah what's if, if register with the sec try to meet try to meet you meet an ex- exemption um or you know do like the majority of people are doing Incorporate overseas. Move to this, Malta. this is not this is not, not legal or financial agencies. advice. But yes, I mean put put those descriptors in your white paper. This is not you know this is forward looking statements. This is not for U.S. citizens to purchase. So what you're trying to say that?
1: is be compliant with the yeah, law. just comply
2: with the SEC. But I mean,
0: <laughs> it's very succinct, succinct way to put that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, that's enough of Finra for now. Um, how about our crypto of the week?
1: What is the crypto of the week again?
2: MCO. MCO. Do you guys know what that stands for? That's three big capital letters. Monaco. (laughs) (laughs) Monaco. Used to be Monaco.
1: They've rebranded now. Now just MCO. Now it's It's MCO. It's just like sure. You don't really have a last name. You don't have a full name. You just have, like, some random... Did you letters. say sure or share? What's what? what share? What, share. Yeah. Sure? It's not sure. <laughs> it's definitely Are you sure? Share? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got let's, it. Let's just say
0: Madonna. Madonna. Okay. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, yeah maybe. Uh, can we delete this? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. That's going in there. I have uh, a sneaky suspicion you would say that. Okay. So, um, MCO, we flipped this for this coin last this week. This was a
2: random year? pick. When we picked last week, it was, what, number 77? Yeah. yeah. I think. It Has it moved since then? That's a gr- that's
0: a great so question right there. It is actually number 76. Look now. at oh, that. Wow. It's bounced yeah. up wow. a whole rating.
1: <laughs> One whole <laughs> So, um, Sebi, give us the scoop. How do we do this? Why are we talking about MCO? Um, how did this happen?
0: Yeah, so last week uh, we picked a random number between 1 and 100 uh, and then looked at that coin uh, based on its ranking on coin market cap. Uh, So last week we chose MCO, and uh, today we're going to flip a coin to decide who's going to be on the pro MCO side and who's going to be on the con MCO side. Uh, So I'm not really sure how this is going to work with three people, but... We're just going to fight to the death. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so how about about this? Why don't we have one person... Play the devil's advocate for both sides. Um, I will gladly do that. And that person <laughs> can also be the judge to determine who and won the final the debate. arbiter. Yes. Yes. Yeah, final arbiter. Yeah. Uh, see, is this appealable or is this binding arbitration?
2: This is binding arbitration um, to and be not solved to be solved in the parking lot with <laughs> sticks and stones,
1: or just in the hurricane. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So uh, I'm con and you're pro.
0: Yeah. We gotta flip a coin here. Let's
1: flip the coin. So I'm Conan, and you're pro. Uh,
0: yeah. Let's <laughs> see what the coin says. So, I'm conning kind of you. You are point. con. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> right. The coin has decided. It, Finally, it this there. goes my way. All right. So, uh, let's we'll start with the pros. Uh, yeah. Sammy? I'm going to start things off here. MCO is a token by a company that has now rebranded itself as crypto.com, uh, which is the domain they just recently
1: purchased. I bet that costs a pretty penny. Yeah.
0: Uh, it was speculated possibly up to $10 million. Wow. Uh, so,. What they are trying to do is release a, a card, uh, it's essentially a debit card that would be tied to a wallet app that you have on your phone and uh, from that app you can quickly and easily change your cryptocurrencies. At this time they support five cryptocurrencies. Uh, you can change those to US dollar and then spend them with the debit card. Um,
2: don't forget the biggest first pro I think if you go to their website and watch their their video <laughs> oh it's yeah a lot of big words a lot of loud music and they're flying at the screen it just is like it just screams movie trailer
0: oh they got some good graphic designers there and actually if they you look at their ten million
1: dollars on crypto.com hey you know they've got a couple hey. of dollars to waste on a, on Fiverr I think I saw lasers That's, in
2: that video too just that is
0: that going to only appreciate in value as time goes on so even if the whole company goes bust they could probably get a good uh, cool 20 mil off that in addition to the fancy video they have on their homepage, their Wallet app actually looks pretty good as well. Um, It's really polished and- Have uh, you
2: had a chance to download it yet?
0: No, I have not. Uh, So I can't speak to how well this thing functions, but it looks slick. I
2: have downloaded it, but I'm waiting on a referral code. So I get free dollars before I sign up for this service.
1: Wait, you already have downloaded this app? I have. I, I, I guarantee you, you're gonna delete it when I'm done. Money back guarantee. Whoa, that's a, he's laying that's down the $80. gauntlet over there. Eighty dollars. There's
2: free eighty dollars involved if you're gonna pay me to delete this app. That's comparable eighty dollars.
0: Yeah. So their uh, their debit card is actually on the Visa network, so uh, you know it's gonna be accepted pretty much everywhere in the world. They also have a pretty good pretty good team of developers behind them. They have the former chief compliance officer from Square, a bunch of other men and women who have worked at big financial institutions like Amex and Western Union and J.P. Morgan. So they, they appear to have a pretty good team behind them. They have also partnered with Thomson Reuters for the uh, Know Your Customer anti-money laundering compliance. Shaking my head. So... <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like they are crossing their T's and dotting their I's.
1: On everything, it seems like, except. Except? Crypto.
0: You'll have, your, you'll have your time soon have your I'm okay. You'll have your time soon enough, sir. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm so going to hold on Continue, savvy, continue. So this could actually be a, a a pretty important stepping stone to wider crypto ado- adoption. It's really hard to convince uh, a mom and pop store uh, on the street that they should be accepting bitcoin or ether or litecoin but if you have a card where you can very quickly convert your bitcoin to dollars and then spend it at a a regular credit card terminal then it's the next best thing to paying directly with cryptocurrency
2: yeah so it also has some of the traditional perks of you know, some traditional credit cards. So what, you get 2% cash back, I think. And also Yeah,
0: if you go up to the black level.
1: Yeah. And
2: then access also to those cushy uh, airport lounges that are for the VIPs.
1: Have yeah. you guys ever been to an airport lounge? <laughs> I have not. Have you? Yes. <laughs> hey, they're,
2: Hey, as advertised, okay?
1: <laughs> please, please continue, Savvy. Uh, You're You're enthralling me. I'm downloading the app as I speak. I'm so hooked.
0: So uh, in addition to this credit card that they are releasing shortly they have two other plans for uh, other products in the works one is a sort of index fund where you can deposit money with crypto invest and they will they will purchase uh, various cryptocurrencies on your behalf and keep your account balanced so that it can either meet or exceed the performance of the market. And they have also uh, announced plans for a product where they will extend you a line of credit uh, with crypto as a collateral. And uh, I don't know if you remember, Jared, uh, one bank-o-crypto. Uh, which you were convinced was the best idea ever about two or three months ago, but so MCO's diff- doing it. They, MCO's not, doing it. There's a completely different yeah.
1: and terrible analogy. So as I understand the
2: MCO stuff, they're going to allow you to secure that line of credit with your cryptocurrency, but they're only going to allow you to, uh, they're only going to issue you enough credit about 40 to 60% of what your holdings are in the crypto. Yeah, that what you that. It, yeah. So if you, so if you put $10,000 worth of MCO in there, then you can get, you can have a line of credit for six thousand dollars
0: yeah to further encourage adoption of their mco coin Hmm. um so interesting yeah they uh they have some pretty ideas out there and obviously these aren't finished projects yet but they have some good ideas out there and their track record so far for trying to uh comply with local laws and regulations and the team they have behind it seem to be on track to getting them to release on these products so they have uh, raised almost 27 million in an ICO, which was conducted uh, a little over a year ago in June of 2017. So, they got some cash on hand. Again, they it's probably spent a third of that on crypto.com, but still got some uh, some money line up. Valuable,
2: around. valuable domain name.
0: Yeah. The other advantages of using their card, um, you also get, you can uh, convert to various forms of foreign currencies and use the app overseas without yeah. foreign exchange that's, fees. So no Th- fees. That's a yeah.
1: good part yeah. there. I so mean, if you've Charles ever traveled, Schwab does the same thing with a regular debit card.
2: Oh, do that? Yeah. No, so foreign exchange not every fees. credit card though. Some yeah, will not, charge
1: not every you eight, cards. nine percent yeah. for well, It's usually prime plus half a percent or so prime plus one percent is what like a respectable account does, but I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to cut you off on this, <laughs> this shilling that you're doing.
0: Uh, Yeah. You also get free ATM withdrawals, that sort of thing. So free
1: are there any limits on that ATM withdrawal?
0: Uh yeah, two hundred a month.
1: That's a lot of ATM withdrawals. Yeah, uh, two hundred a. Well, how many times do you go to ATM in a month? Two hundred dollars. No, two hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you go to the ATM two hundred times. <laughs> you got some one of them problems. Your drug dealing operation. Why are you scratching your neck so much, Stevie? <laughs> <savvy? laughs> <laughs>
0: Junk, yeah, junkie shuffle. <laughs> and uh, and that number is just on the free tier as well. I believe that goes up if you go up to the various uh, yeah. higher levels so of the credit card.
2: What what do you think is the, the driving force behind that making people stake the MCO token? Is that to create kind of a demand for the token or some kind of more, more or less uh, a restriction on demand? Via yeah. By making I, you hold these tokens I, to I, have the card?
0: I think it probably has to do uh, something with uh, driving demand and the price up. At the top tier, the Obsidian Black level, you have to stake 50,000 of their coins. Ooh, uh, or you pull out one of those things, uh, somebody's going to know you mean business. It's a little over 4 bucks right now, I think.
1: 50,000 times 4?
0: Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
1: And what does the Obsidian Black get you?
0: Higher limits on foreign exchange fees or ATM withdrawals. 1% back. Yeah, you get a higher percent back. You get 2% back um, on every purchase in their MCO token. Whereas the other tiers, I think they start at half a percent and then go up from there. So you get, yeah, higher, higher cash back, higher limits on foreign exchange and ATM withdrawals. And, and
1: higher referral commissions yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it sounds a little bit like, imagine a base layer and then another layer above that so that's just slightly smaller and then another layer just above that <laughs> slightly smaller and then another layer above that that's even smaller. Yeah. I, if that was a shape... What shape would that sound like? <laughs> hmm. Um,
0: I'm
1: Thinking something like
0: actually, uh, something actually triangular. Failed kindergarten geometry, so I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I, no, you I think couldn't, I couldn't
2: share s- the blocks. That's what it was. <laughs> okay. so I think kind I see of saw p- parallelogram. Is
1: that what we're talking yep. about? Yep. This is <laughs> a uh, yeah.
0: No, I mean every credit card has higher tiers. Just in a credit but card, you would pay a higher higher annual fee. So, uh, that so by itself th- does not make it a pyramid scheme. I
1: think you've given this a pretty good shot, Savvy. But I do have some questions for you. Okay. So tell me about their team again. You said that there's some there's shwanky, some fancy people on that team. You said someone that was like... Th- the, the
0: former chief compliance officer at Square. Square. And, yeah. w-
1: and what exactly is Square?
0: Square is a company that uh gives small businesses Invest in that's currency.
1: A, do they have anything to Square do with crypto? Where is the That's Actually, the company
0: that Actually, you does. can uh in the cash app you can uh you can uh buy bitcoin and send bitcoin and um yeah. do so all So they are not developed
1: stuff. any products got nothing to really to do with crypto other than selling it.
0: Yeah, I mean. Okay, so
1: what about the next guy? The guy that was on Forbes 30 under 30. What is what is he? He worked at American Express, Western card JP before. Morgan, Bain Capital. Any of these folks ever even seen a cryptocurrency? (laughs) That is my first con, sir. That is, uh, I would like to say, my one of many that I'd like to hit you with. I think they've got a great team if they were trying to start a credit card company. (laughs) What do you have to say to that, sir?
0: I mean, I don't know these, these guys' stories inside and out. I don't know much beyond where they've worked at in the past, but just the fact that they do have experience in the financial sector and in the uh, fintech sector like some of these guys have been responsible for building out massive uh, companies yeah Yeah, massive companies yeah
1: absolutely so this uh, this is something i don't like about the crypto space and i think this makes me a bit of a crypto snob but like unintentionally Uh, Um, uh, intentionally yeah fully intentionally maybe not just crypto snob maybe just snob generally um I, i like to see scrappier teams like all of this big corporate money and the, this Forbes 30 Under 30 and Squares. So you pull I for the underdog.
0: Yeah. I think Scrappy is code word for inexperience.
1: Well, so so, besides this being an excellent team, if they were looking to start a credit card company, which is exactly what they've done. This is just a credit card company. That backed to be, by a cryptocurrency. Happens to be backed by a crypto. This has and smells just like that first credit card you got in college, just bear with me for a second. Let me okay. tell the story here. So, I got a nephew who's a bit of a jackleg, but he's a pretty cool <laughs> kid. And you know who I'm talking. Having
0: about. met him, I I, I will concur. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I was convincing him that there is some value in going and setting up a relationship with a bank. Well, now while he's in high school, he's about to go to college, and um, the idea of getting a credit card. So we went to the bank together. And to get a credit card at 18 so he can stop building his credits requires you to put money into a uh, secured credit card, which means you've got to put in $500, and you then get to spend up to $500. And then when you pay that $500 off, you have $500 of credit again. So it's a secured credit card. Right. That is the essence of training wheels on a credit card. For children, I don't know why they would want you for any other reason other than they couldn't get, in my opinion, enough capital raised to have people come on board and build a credit card company, except by backing it with a token that is valued respectably at four dollars. But why do you have to pledge collateral on a debit slash credit card? What is the basis for that? Why? Do it this way.
2: I think their their white paper makes it more sound like being you know, the person who's not just strictly holding cryptocurrencies for an investment, but you also need access to them, like, you know, people who don't have maybe that much to, to, to invest, but they do see some promise in, in crypto, it kinda opens it up a little bit to where they can still have some access to that capital so that it's all not just they're not just hodling all of it.
1: Yeah. So why not just buy Bitcoin? And and why just why not just cash when you need the put it on a debit card through Coinbase or Gemini with their awesome Gemini USD. I don't. This is not a cryptocurrency business. This token was created because it was the ICO craze. They saw an opportunity to start a credit card company by getting financing in a non-traditional way, getting a whole bunch of money, and they've structured all these tiers and all these levels.
2: But it's the um, Obsidian Black card, the, man. The, the, Do you the have the prestige black. that
1: comes with that? The lower level than that is like the icy white. The icy whites, which just hangs over a little look, bit. We, of we, we, not everybody
2: can be in a Obsidian Black,
1: okay? So, look, you've got to put down. Two $200,000 to get to that tier. That's what it's at right now, right? 50,000. It's 50,000 MCO.
2: Yeah, 200,000.
1: 200,000 of them hard-earned dollars to get a credit card.
2: You get one guest that goes to the airport lounge with you, though. One
1: guest. You can get that with British Airways and, <laughs> and probably be better off for it. Yeah, what but is the advantage for this as opposed to a regular credit card?
0: It allows you to spend your cryptocurrency quicker.
1: But you can go and cash it out. You're talking
0: yeah. about day. There's, but there's this days is for people who later. want to hold. They believe in cryptocurrency. Yep. They have significant holdings. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin. But when it's up, they may want a mechanism to spend it quickly. Bitcoin. But you got to cash it out on well, exchange the, and then you got to transfer a, those funds to your bank account. account. Well, they can also just. What,
1: what is the actual advantage as a crypto technology that MCO delivers? This is a classic credit card scheme where they finance the development of this business by doing an ICO. Not to mention, gentlemen, all of the cons I actually have. So That is not even the con list. <laughs> all right.
0: Go <laughs> ahead. Hit us with them. Yeah,
1: let's, let's, let's get it over. let see what with. you got here. Number one. <laughs> It's not a cryptocurrency. They've literally created an it's imaginary an twenty token. They've created a token to raise funds to convince people to create a secured credit card because they don't trust you because they think you're a seventeen-year-old jackleg. Just saying. So beyond that, if you take a moment to read their terms and conditions on that app that you've downloaded, Ben,
0: um, you're
1: going to have some. So how many to- coins are you allowed to trade between? You said four.
0: Uh, it's five. It's five. Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, MCO, and Binance.
1: Binance. So Binance, respectable coin, um, and the other is pretty decent too. Um, so let's say hypothetically there uh, would be another Bitcoin fork. Give me a good potential Bitcoin fork name, Ben. Uh, Bitcoin extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin dragon. I would say Bitcoin hurricane. Yeah, the, oh for the pending hu- what's this hurricane's name Florence. Florence Florence Bitcoin Florence there we go um <laughs> there so we go keeping it relevant here on the podcast it relevant, guys. Make, it uh, remember to send all your donations real. to so <laughs> let's say hypothetically Bitcoin Florence the new the new hotness in crypto is going to happen and you've got your $200,000 of Bitcoin on this platform it's not an exchange Okay. you got $200,000 of Bitcoin. It's basically a exchange. wallet. And then Bitcoin Florence happens. It's not a wallet. We'll it's get not to a that. wallet. We'll get to that. That's number three. Don't jump ahead. Bitcoin Florence <laughs> happens. Guess how many Bitcoin f- that you have from this fork? Should have... You have zero. No. You have nothing. If your Bitcoin's held on this app, you have no rights to any fork tokens. Wow. Terms and conditions, ladies and gentlemen. T's and C's. <laughs> um if that's
2: unconscionable nobody's gonna enforce it
1: well it's not unconscionable you've agreed to it and it's waived and there's warranties and disclaimers at their agree to disagree um you by <laughs> by creating uh getting that app and and signing up for it you've agreed so there are there are two kinds of fork coins in their platform uh four coins that they're going to give you the tokens for and four coins that they're not so people that are listening that are in the know are going to say well doesn't coinbase do this as well and the answer is yes that doesn't mean we should agree accept it or like it it's wrong it's your property you should get to keep it any any opinions about that i don't
0: think you can fault him for following the industry norm for exchanges
1: you mean the theft if industry norm was raping and stealing it doesn't mean we should condone it
0: I don't like it either, but they're not doing anything anywhere. That's any why don't worse keep than... anything
1: in Coinbase. Yeah. Because as Andreas Antonopoulos, word up, Andreas, I know you listen, um, and you're <laughs> my hero, have my children. Um, <laughs> if, as he likes to say, if you don't have the private key, you don't have the coins. If you don't have the coins, you don't have the private key. And he'll go back. There's an hour-long YouTube video of him saying that back and forth over and over again. You do not hold the private keys on this. You actually don't control it. In fact, they go so far as to say that, in any event of any loss, if their if their platform gets hacked, they're indemnified and you cannot sue them. More than that, they have got the world's worst list of things that could possibly happen to a crypto holder, and that you are basically agreeing that they're not responsible if any of those things happen. It's not if it's if it happens and they had the worst security protocols in place and you put every bit of every money that you have there and it got lost you get screwed and there's no way you can get it back and they're not responsible for giving back and what's worse they have the absolute power to freeze your assets anytime they like for no reason with no notice that is not decentralization that is the opposite i this this kind of platform is not what cryptocurrency is about crypto is about freedom america that's that was very much, true. That was not That's not an eagle. eagle. That, that was not an eagle. More like
2: a sad crow.
1: That was <laughs> That was pretty pretty rough. Also, this is not an exchange. You're buying fiat to digital assets from them. You're not buying it from third parties. So they've got markup just like Coinbase does. This is for The people that are coming into crypto that are going to get taken advantage of. This is what's bad for crypto, in my opinion. Centralization and companies that are doing something to make a buck and to allow people to come in because it's easy and it's a pretty, you know, user experience. And Coinbase is a great design uh, app, and this looks amazing as well. But they're literally doing all the things wrong. Now, let's say, hypothetically, they did screw you and you could figure out from your terms of service that you could sue them. You can't sue them in the United States. Jurisdiction is the Caymans. Do you know where that is on a map? Somewhere in
2: the Caribbean island area. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) far away from where you can get any jurisdictional leverage over them. More than that is that um, uh, you are indemnifying against losses or breaches of security, and uh, no class actions against them. You have literally contracted your rights to a class action away. Now. I'm not saying that other services aren't just as bad on t- terms and conditions as this. I'm just saying there's no reason why anyone would want to use this if they've read the terms and conditions. So you've got um, you've got a lot of issues that that comes out of MCO that makes me concerned. Why would I ever sign up for a service where I've got to stake coins to be able to get to be able to use a card, right? I mean, there's yeah. tons of other. Isn't I think the, the bare
2: the bare minimum here is. Well, you can get a card for free. Yeah, uh, not not, free not available care. in the U.S. yet. Um, but the bare minimum for some of the the perks is going to be uh, five hundred MCO. No, fifty MCO. Excuse me. So that's about two hundred bucks right now. So it does sound <laughs> kind of eerily similar, like your seventeen-year-old nephew situation. Yeah, I and mean, you you're you're getting training wheels on your debit
1: card. It's not cool. Don't don't. No, but a it's a
2: metal also. card.
1: It is a metal card. A metal training wheels on your made
2: debit with card. lasers, laser <laughs> um, beams. <laughs> have you ever heard of that technology before in crypto i don't think so yeah it's a first you heard it here yeah. first so
1: here's the other part is that they have not shipped a single card yet right it's true and when did this ico launch
0: last uh, july yeah june
1: and so it's been a year over a year and four months three months yeah
0: they uh they have how had some how long does it
1: take to print some metal cards up they, they, they lasers man lasers are expensive what were those setbacks by the way
0: they just pushed the deadline back. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it had a lot to do with uh, getting, uh, understanding the regulations in each jurisdiction and making sure that they're complying with everything and doing everything Visa sure. has asked them to comply with as well, yeah. which very well could be where all those terms and conditions came yeah. from, is stipulations that Visa wanted them to have um, to, to be able to... To brand it as a Visa card. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they are looking like they're going to be shipping to the Asia market here pretty soon. They've already completed KYC on, uh, on their customers there and, and also verified addresses. So it sounds like those will be shipping out soon.
1: So 50,000 MCO, 200,000 US dollars currently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you get 1% back?
0: 2%. 2%.
1: Do you know what I get with my Chase Freedom? Freedom. Freedom. America. <laughs> God, that's horrible. That's, we're gonna have can to, we please edit that out. Was, it was it was it sounds, we're not gonna need to get um, the real
2: eagle sound in here.
1: Look, I've not been a citizen for long. I've not actually heard an eagle except in my heart. Uh, <laughs> but um He is
2: look, ladies and gentlemen, he is on a hover round in here, just so everybody knows. <laughs> uh, the
1: the five percent uh, of 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 cash back on certain items like groceries gas is a a rotating
0: category you have to activate every three months
1: so you can pick a category and chase freedom if i'm not mistaken but it's five percent and two percent on everything else Mm -hmm. and you know what it doesn't require two hundred thousand dollars to be locked up that they're going to be making interest on
0: let's be honest how many people are actually going to do that they also gave these uh or are going to be giving these obsidian black cards to like the early ICO investors um so a lot of them will be getting it um just for getting in early not many people are gonna (laughs) lock up (laughs) 200,000 but it's locked up it's not you're not paying 200,000 for this card you're staking in the coin you can always sell later if you decide you no longer want to use it
1: let's say hypothetically you stake these 50,000 MCOs I'm I'm con here I'm conning right (laughs) up Mm -hmm. staking these 2,000 uh us dollars of fifty thousand mcos into their platform how long does it take me to get it out if there is some kind of black swan event that crashes the market that's a good question that is the question (laughs) that we need who's who's the the founding who the founders here we need them like and by the way ladies and gentlemen we did invite the the founders to come and discuss this and i know that we get a little cynical here on the con side sometimes but you know, every time we discuss a coin, we do send invites via Twitter and email and direct message for the founders to come and discuss um, and have conversations about these coins um, because we know that we don't know everything about it and we'd love to hear some insight. Maybe there's an aspect of this that we haven't thought about except for iota i definitely don't want to speak to anyone from iota oh but Um, they're your best friends (laughs) no uh, they're not um so they are in fact not Uh, but at the end of the day this isn't this is hopefully not us just screaming into the vacuum we want to have a conversation and want to invite the the founders uh the developers of these uh these platforms to come and discuss with us what they're doing but explain to me why i would go for mco when i could just get a shift card sevi what do you understand about the shift card
0: um, I know it's a debit card that you can connect to your coinbase account and um, and it performs a similar function to uh, MCO cards where if you make a purchase with it it'll sell funds from your coinbase account uh, to be able to cover that in fiat.
1: Gotcha so like a like a debit card yeah no staking no staking okay. So I'm liking it already. <laughs> and I'm sure the terms and services are just as terrible. They probably Coinbase. are. <laughs> we should really do an, uh, an, an episode on Coinbase's terms and services. Or maybe we could do a special edition. <gasps> oh, oh, That just happened. Okay, so I think that's pretty much all the cons I have that I really want to get into because I don't want anyone to think that I'm just trying to hate on MCO. I mean, this is just me doing some due diligence and reading up about them. And I think it's an exciting way to bring in you know, regular folks into crypto but it's not what i think crypto should be and and i understand that you know i'm not everybody yeah
2: i think there's some some obvious issues with this uh, namely the ha- the requirement that you stake these these tokens and you have to have those backing your your visa card when you could there are many more credit card options for you to go there and use i think it's just trying to they're trying to find a way to get more people into crypto and i mean while this may not be the best way it is just another way that people are trying to take advantage of of newer investment investors in the space yeah, And
1: it's not a, like it's not a you're not taking advantage of them in a massively bad way i just think that there are better ways to do it and i think that one of the biggest issues that crypto currently faces is that it's Incredibly complicated to hold your own private key.
2: Yeah, I have like six different wallets, but I know I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, you're probably not. Well, maybe. I know you well enough to know you probably are. But the, the fact that the you fact mean the don't is, keep them on Binance. No. I'm so confused right now. No. Um, the fact of the matter is that crypto is confusing. Uh, adoption is complicated, and it's unregulated and it's scary. And I think this could be a step in making it a little more easily adoptable and more familiar and more comfortable. But I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think every project that is even crypto adjacent has to adhere to all of the best tenets of cryptocurrency sure. and Satoshi's vision. Yeah. This point. is crypto adjacent. The MCO token is used for these cards for staking. Beyond that, they don't really have any value um, unless these other, the invest and the uh, credit line projects come through as well. And then they'll have some additional use cases there. But I see it as a debit card and an interesting alternative to the shift card um, where you can get some rewards back. The shift card doesn't do that. Yeah. It is a pure debit card. And this is a debit card with a few perks thrown in. And so I, while I, I recognize that there are some problems and there's a lot of trust that you have to put into this company to be able to secure your funds, um, I think it's an interesting project and sure. um, something that could be useful for a certain segment of the crypto world.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to send out another email to the team. Maybe not go for the Forbes 30 under 30 uh, <laughs> uh, guy, maybe maybe one of the other folks on the list that's got a little less to do. So I, I think it's a good time for us to move on. Uh, anyone got anything else they want to add to to this project? MCO, I think we've kind of, we've talked the pros and cons out. I don't think there's a lot tech-wise here, but I think this could be a good step in the right direction for adoption right. for people that aren't familiar with crypto. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. think the same thing. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I think there's a need for that in the community. It's just what, not what I need. Good deal. So what's next?
0: All right, so uh, next we are going to pick our coin for next week. And and and
1: why are we doing it this way? What are we doing again?
0: We are choosing a random number between 1 and 100, and we will pick... Is this truly random? This is truly random. Uh, Well, it's Google. It it might be pseudo-random. I I haven't looked into... Google's listening, so they know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't looked into how random Google is, but we are going to generate our number here and i have gotten 73 so we're going to pull up uh coin market cap here and look at coin number 73 which is horizon Ooh, spelled with an that. e horizon hmm so any I'm idea tra- what that is nope never heard of Another. it probably
2: involves the sun and maybe sunsets or sunrises not sure
1: maybe it is a solo calendar on the blockchain i'm just throwing it out there so you said 70 se- what what is 73? 73. Okay. Yeah. So I'm bringing it up here. privacy
0: to life according to their website here.
1: Oh. That does sound good. We need we need that. Um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this, we'll see next week is, if So uh, oh, so the website is horizon.global bringing privacy to life by oh it's uh, ZEN. Yeah. Formerly ZenCash. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard of this. I thought ZenCash died apparently not it, did.
2: it lived to, to fight another day
1: so the this sun is, rose on
0: a new day for horizon
1: this is a privacy oriented cryptocurrency and leading edge technology platform um, oh, and they look like they've got an excellent video with lasers for you, Ben. Yes. So we're going to be <laughs> They preparing. had me at lasers. We're going to be preparing for the next week for next episode where we'll be discussing the pros and cons of this as well as how, um, how much we like the project. So I'm going to send out the emails to try and get someone from the team uh, to talk to us again. I mean, with as many people as we have listening and following, they, I think, would be crazy. It would behoove them. To participate in this um, this movement, that's right. This revolution. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I think that we need to move on to some crazy crypto predictions. What do you got for us, Ben? All
2: right, this week. Uh, quick disclaimer here: not to be construed as legal or financial advice. As you're better off getting your information from a congregation of alligators in the Southern Louisiana swamp. With Hurricane Florence bearing down on the Eastern Seaboard this week. <laughs> <laughs> what the dolphins two episodes ago. <laughs> Let's not talk about the dolphins. <laughs> thought we agreed we weren't going to talk about the dolphins.
1: So what's going on with this hurricane?
2: So it's forecasted to we'll make landfall Friday here on the in North Carolina. We're we're predicting we've thought about this that with with the loss of services, you know, potentially power, water losses in, in in this area, um, that we should see a little rise in the crypto. Or it's possible, um, at least from the standpoint that ATMs won't be working. You can't get access to your cash. You know, whereas your mobile may still be working. You may be able to actually transfer some stuff. So,
1: Do you think that's got more to do with the fact that people can't cash out crypto? <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's probably true. Maybe so, maybe so. so.
2: Getting to our Crypto of the Week, Dogecoin, the only green in a sea of red. Uh, it's currently trading around six-tenths of a cent, uh, which is up from two-tenths of a cent only a month ago. While the rest of the alts have pretty much tanked.
1: Three X. Yeah, three awesome. X is strong. Not yeah. bad. Didn't they sponsor NASCAR? Dogecoin used to sponsor NASCAR. I think they
2: did sponsor. Doge. I think they did. I think. Wow. I think it was one of the lower, one of the lower ranked uh, racers. I think he was the underdoge, Yeah. If you will. Number eighty-seven in the handbook, but number one
1: in the hearts. <laughs>
2: in some ways, Dogecoins are the underdog. <laughs> of the uh,
0: altcoin
1: world. Here comes every button.
2: They're known as uh, the joke currency originally, you know, based on the Shiba Inu memes that are all like such wow and, you know, much interesting, things like that. Uh, you can
1: tip people on Reddits with Doge as well. Yeah. Point.
2: yeah, it's you can still do it. Oh, you can. Tipping is still allowed on social media. Um, so, you know, this fact makes them truly endogenous to the <laughs> internet uh, as a whole. And they have gained a, a lot of traction here. A lot of people own, you know, Dogecoins.
1: So your crazy crypto prediction involves Doge doing what?
2: Doge is going to triple by the end of October.
1: So it's going from six tenths of a cent to how much? Uh,
2: one point eight cents,
1: <laughs> roughly. Oh, okay. Roughly, almost
2: also- two cents. Are, are you are you sure about that amount? I'm out. I know, the <laughs> um, math. I'm the second take. <laughs> let's do the math. Carry <laughs> the carry one. one. Yes. have uh, the decimal uh,
1: point left this time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I think
2: I think we're going to say it, see it around almost. That's almost two cents. So.
1: <laughs> so you're saying Doge is going to go to one point eight, and. And that's just because there is a doge movement.
2: There's a massive doge movement. Some would say it's been a dogey, doge world out there on the cryptocurrency (laughs) sphere lately. And I think they're going to rise from the ashes here.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So uh, you don't think that this rise has been like there's there's been not enough escape velocity to break uh, this one cent mark and they've, they've kind of reached their max, can't go any higher? I
2: think there's actually some value in it. Um... I think I think we're going to see it <laughs> in a joke cryptocurrency.
1: You mean value as in humor?
2: Yes, ah. and humor. And we know that...
1: They say laughter is the best medicine. It
2: is, and that counterculture is heavily dominated by memes. I mean, I, I, I converse with people daily on a meme basis.
1: So if this was financial advice, which it clearly is not, <laughs> um, you would say that, one, and it's not medical advice either, that laughter is the best medicine, it's and two, very true. invest in humor? Of course gotcha total
2: strong doge
1: yeah um i don't know what to say i mean this is crazy ben's crazy crypto weekly predictions and honestly i feel like you may have been dropped in your head as a baby <laughs> uh, we should uh, and may god have mercy on your soul um look i i like doge doge got me back into crypto after i was away for a for a minute I think Doge is awesome because a lot of people got into and were exposed to. So would you say that you finally
2: saw Doge light?
1: I actually found a Doge.
0: Doesn't even make sense.
1: <laughs> these are the Doge of our lives. I'll steal your one for earlier. Um, I will say these are the Doge of our lives. I found uh, a Doge wallet from when I used to mine back in 2014 and uh, surprised by how much Doge I had just lying around. It is certainly the dog days of summer. The Doge days of the summer. The days of summer. Sorry, right. I was trying hard, man. I was trying to get you on the pun <laughs> wagon here. So um, what about Doge do you like? Just the fact that it's increasing. There's no other Much increasing. wow. Much wow. Um, the one one, thing I will say, one Doge, Doge equals one Doge, remember? That, that is that is true. I have heard that many times. I will say the one thing that Doge has going for it is that its community is crazy about everything oh, yeah. that is Doge-related. Mm-hmm. Um, And they sponsored a NASCAR event. That's awesome. Like, the community literally paid for some dude with a crappy NASCAR. It only had three wheels. Um, (laughs) But they had the best meme on the front of that hood of that car. And, um, look, he may have come in number 87 in the race, but he was number one in our hearts. That's (laughs) very true. And that's all that matters it's been a pleasure uh, thank you as always for joining us uh, next week we'll be discussing horizon which is how you have to pronounce it ben uh over to you
2: yeah thanks everybody for listening we'll be back next week barring any major uh implications from hurricane florence
0: yeah if you're on the east coast out there stay safe and we hope to be back next week
1: awesome and uh, as always this has been initial legal offering your weekly latest crypto news and regulation um if you would do us a favor Follow us on Twitter. Shoot us a message if you want to hear us chat about anything at Initial Legal. And feel free to subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app. As always, thank you so much.